Come on in, we can get started tonight. Tonight's a very special night for some of us because tonight we have uh, John O'Keefe. He's our new director at Pineville Children's Home, and we have the house parents and some of the children with us tonight. We're excited about them coming. One announcement before uh, John starts. Uh, the uh, Golden Circle will have their luncheon this Tuesday in the annex. Uh, normally it's the second Tuesday, but this month it's the first Tuesday. So remember that. John and uh, Marcy O'Keefe uh, have just begun their work at Pineville, and we're very excited to have them, especially at Pineville and in this part of the country. I know he's going to be a great asset to the church in this part of the state. So, Mr. John. Good evening. I was told to start out by with a joke. Um, and usually what I do is I actually stand back a little bit, make sure that this is not a, a trap or anything, because there are a lot of times with uh, congregations that I've spoken at, there's a trap door behind me that if I speak too long, it just opens up and it shoots me out the back and... 
you know, so I just want to make sure that there's no trap door. Um, to give you a little bit of information about myself, uh, is Brother Tommy said, my name is John O'Keefe. Um, I came to you guys or to this area from the Valparaiso, Indiana area, which is up by Chicago. Um, I directed the program there at Schultz Lewis uh, for two and a half years. Before that, um, I directed a program down in Austin, Texas for five years. Before that, I was a preacher for 20 years. So I kind of got the whole gamut. Uh, I went to school, the Memphis School of Preaching, back in 1998. Uh, then I decided to go and get my bachelor's degree from Southern Christian University in Bible. And then people, it's the strangest thing, and I'm sure Ken knows all about this. People like to think the preacher knows how to do counseling. And people were coming in to me and they were wanting counseling. And I thought, man, I don't have a clue what, you're, what I should say to you. So I decided then to go back and get my master's degree in marriage and family therapy. And so from there, and when I was working on my master's, I told my wife, I said, man, I said, I love doing counseling more than I do preaching. I said, if I could ever find a job that pays as much as preaching, ha, 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 um, you know, I, I'd love to do that. Then I went into a nonprofit organization. Go figure. Um, but I, I love working with children. My first job after I graduated with my master's was working with children. And they, the agency that I worked for asked me, they said, what do you think about working with children? I said, I don't like them. I said, give me older folks, give me married couples, whatever. Um, just not children. I said, that's all we have for you to work with. And I thought, oh, okay. I thought, you didn't tell me that. And so I started working with children. And I thought, man, I love working with children. They're more honest than adults are. So I thought, man. And then I found the, uh, the job in Austin, Texas, and told my wife, I said, we're moving to Austin. She went, oh, no. Because we're both from the north. Um, don't, please don't hold me that against me. Um, Dr. Patrick Chapman, when I had my interview, the first thing he asked me, he said, what do you think about moving to the South? I said, I'm all for it. I said, I don't like this cold weather. The winter before that was 30 inches of snow in Valparaiso. I said, I, man, I don't want to own a snow shovel ever again. So please get me out of here. Uh, but here I am. The house parents that we have here at Pineville, they gave me $5 a piece to say that they're good folks. Uh, so you guys owe me $20. Uh, and when I get to the back, I'll just hold out my hand and you guys uh, give me that money. The house parents for um, the girl's house, house or Charles and Rebecca Martin. Charles, Rebecca, if you would stand up, please. And then I'm not sure where Adam and Samantha are sitting right next to them. They are the boys' house parents. So Adam and Samantha, if you would stand up. And then I don't think Sherry's here, is she? Sherry, there you are. Sherry, if you will, and Bob, if you will stand up. This is our relief house parents. 
you guys can go ahead and sit down. They, they are the backbone of Pinevale. If it weren't for the house parents, we wouldn't have, there wouldn't be a Pinevale. Um, you know, they, they're so important, yet so underrated. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to get house parents. I don't understand it. It, 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 it. My wife and I have been house parents, interim house parents, when we were in Texas. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It's, it, it's like being an elder almost. It's a thankless job. But it's a most important job. It's a most important job. Because the house parents are the ones that truly affect the lives of the young people that we take care of. They are of the utmost importance. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, I want you to look at what it says. It says to teach them, verse 7, it says to teach them diligently. That Hebrew word there means to sharpen. Literally means to sharpen. So we need to sharpen the minds and, and the lives of these young people. Because they come from... They come from what, what people have termed hard places. Hard places. Sometimes the children that we deal with and the children that I've dealt with in the past, just out of the blue, they'll start crying. You think, what? what's going on? Something's triggered them. And you never know what that is. Exodus 15. Exodus 15 and verse 26. Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. The parting of the Red Sea. They're singing a song. They're singing a song. Then they begin to murmur. And in verse 26 of Exodus 15, Moses tells them to keep the commandments of God diligently. The same word used here in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 7. That we're to be sharp about keeping God's commandments. Right now, Pinevale is in a great place. It's in a great place. We've got a great staff. And we've got great children. But these children need us. And folks, they, they need folks like you. The Boonville congregation that support the work of Pinevale. Because without you, we couldn't do what we do. And the great thing is, 
There's always hope for success. There's always hope for success. Now people say, what is the mission? What is the mission of Pineville? I think there's one thing. To teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to exhibit the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. They don't know. Many of them that come to Pineville or any other children's, they don't know anything about God. And if we can teach them about the gospel, and we can show them what it is to be a Christian, that's what's important. That's what's important. When we think about it, I've heard people say in the past, we've got to give them an education. Think about it. Well, an education, will it get us to heaven? Not really. But an education in the gospel, that will get us to heaven. Now, we need to help these children. Help these children be successful in this world. But really, to me, it's more than that. It's to be successful in the kingdom of God. Now, unfortunately, as I said, I used to be a preacher, so I can really ramble on. And I'm so sorry for that. Not. But I've been told that it's supposed to be a Bible class type setting. If you guys have questions, I want you to ask questions. I want you to ask questions. I know that you guys have been tied to Pineville for many, many years. But if you have questions, anything that, that I can answer, please feel free. Raise your hand, just shout it out, whatever, and uh, I'll answer it if I can. If I can't, I'll make up an answer. Does anybody have any questions so far? Oh, man, you guys are a rough crowd. Now I know, if, I know what comedians feel like when... Nobody laughs. Pinevale exists because of people that care about children. Now, I know not long ago, Miss Wade passed away, one of the ones, the co-founders of Pinevale. And I've been told, in the short time I've been here, I've been told about when she used to go and she used to pick children up at the hospital. And she'd bring them back to the campus and she'd take care of them. But I got to tell you, in that same sense, when I was at Schultz Lewis, back in, in the early days, it was an or considered an orphanage. And people have that mindset of we can for babies or for orphans you, you bring them into the home and, and you just simply love them and that'll take care of it but the kids that we're taking now like I said they're, they're children from hard places they're children from hard places they come with a lot of trauma, a lot of issues. And like I said, sometimes 
we don't have a clue what could be a trigger. But I've learned over my years and in the training that I've got from the trauma that I've worked, the trauma classes and, and workshops that I've dealt with and gone to, it's not asking what's wrong with the child, but what's happened to that child? What's happened to that child? If we can understand and help that, that child understand what's happened to them, then a lot of times we can understand their reaction to things. People will say, well, you know, little Johnny's acting out. And my first question is, what's happened to him? What kind of trauma has he had in this past? And, the, and they'll, somebody will tell me the traumas that little Johnny's had or, or something like that. And my, my head begins to nod. Hmm. His reaction, his, his behavior begin to make sense. Doesn't make it right, doesn't make it wrong, but his behaviors begin to make sense. Because a lot of time, these children, they've never had anybody teach them. They've never had anybody teach them Etiquette, manners, and it's our, our job. Now, in that same sense, though, if you look at Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, a verse that we're probably all familiar with, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right, that your days may be long upon the earth. The parallel passage to that is Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20. Children, obey your parents. Some of our children, they have no clue what that means. We have to teach them. You know, I, I have two boys both in, at Harding University. And they grew up, and it, that song just plays through my head. They, they grew up on Barney. And, my, and the, the song in my head keeps going, please and thank you, they are the magic word. And I thought, man, that, that song just keeps running through my head. But you know what? There's truth to it. Please and thank you, they are the magic word. If you use those two phrases... The things that you'll get in life, you'll get a lot further in life than, than you will without those. And sometimes you, ask, you might ask the question, what am I supposed to use, please? What am I supposed to use? Thank you. What am I supposed to use? Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Because they don't, they don't know sometimes when they use that. At Pineville, we're there to teach them. To teach them. The great thing about, that I've learned so far from, from being here, is that the house parents, I believe it's Charles Martin, he does a nightly devotional. 
a nightly devotional. Now, the other facilities I've worked at, it doesn't happen. And when I heard that they do that, I thought, man, that's, that's great. That's great. Because when we think about it, when are we closer to God? We're closer to God when we're in prayer. When we're reading his word, we're ingesting his word. We've got to be close to God. We want these children to be close to God. God is powerful. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Paul said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is God's power unto salvation. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. I like that word power. It is God's power unto salvation. The Greek word there is a word that we get our word dynamite from. But it means having the ability to do something. The gospel is God's ability to bring us to salvation. You know, there are times, and I'm one of them. I didn't grow up in the church. My parents, they didn't. In fact, growing up, my father told me, he said, I don't want to hear anything about God in this house. Okay, I, I didn't know any better. And I'm not sure where she is. Oh, she's sitting next to Adam. My wife, Marcy. Marcy, if you will stand up, please. That is the individual responsible for me obeying the gospel. When we got married, we were 12 when we got married, by the way. So we've been married for 30 years. No. But when we got married, she said, I, w- I want to go to church. I thought, well, okay, it doesn't make any difference to me. I don't know anything about it. Finally, she says, are you done with this? And I thought... I'm just going from church to church to church. She goes, can we go to the Lord's church? And I thought, aren't they all the Lord's church? And we went to the Northeast Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I remember that first sermon I heard. The preacher was asking some rhetorical questions. And we're sitting in the back because we didn't know anybody. And I'm going, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. She's going, would you please be quiet? You're not supposed to answer I didn't know any better. I thought you were supposed to answer when he asked a question. But it made, that the gospel of Jesus Christ made sense. It finally made sense. And it obeyed the gospel sometime later. Now you see where I am today. Back then I was... I talked to the preacher, and he said, well, you got to come forward. And I said, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I don't like people. 
I'm not a people person. I don't like crowds. He said, well, you, at the invitation, you've got to come forward. And I said, oh, can we do this some other way? And he said, oh, well, he said, okay. And he said, let's do it before Sunday evening services. Okay, I'm, I'm good with that. What he didn't tell me was, at the end of services, he was going to call on me to stand up and say, this is our new brother in Christ. And at that time, the congregation, the evening services was about, was about 250 people. And for somebody that doesn't like crowds to stand up in front of two, 250 people, mm, I was extremely uncomfortable. And that's okay. That's okay. Because it, it helps me understand sometimes the children. It helps me understand the children. Sometimes you want to come up and you just want to, you want to pat them on the arm or you want to shake their hand. I've had children, I, I just want to put my hand on their shoulder and they're, and they're ducking like this. And I'm going, I, I'm, I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to put my hand on your shoulder. And you know when you want to put your hand on their shoulder and, and they duck or they wince, you know something's happened to that child. We need to show them the love of Christ. I know Adam and Samantha, I know they, they come here to, to worship service. And I'm sure you guys shower the children. You're glad they're here. I'm glad they're here. They're glad they're here. Because they, got, they have to know, they have to know that God loves them. Now, I've also dealt with children who say, I've heard a girl one time make this statement. Oh, you don't understand. God could never love a sinner like me. You ever heard something like that? God could never love a sinner. Yes. Yes, he can. That's why Jesus Christ died for you. He died for the world. One night I got a text from one of the house parents, and this was when we were in Texas. Got a text from the house parents, said, could you come to services tonight at the congregation where they attended? I thought, okay. That girl that said, God could never love a sinner like me, that night obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, it made everything that we do Worth it all right there. Worth it all. The house dad at the time had no clue what was going on. He had no clue what she was going to do. I come in. The executive director at the time came in, and he's going, what are you guys doing here? He knew we attended other places. Well, what are you? Oh, we just thought we'd just come and worship with you guys and see how things are going. And then at the invitation, the girl went forward 
And I looked at the house dad, and he had tears streaming down his eye, his face. That's when it makes it worth it. It makes it worth it. Because these children sometimes, they can look at you, and they can scream at you at the drop of a hat. They can run off and slam a door at the drop of a hat. They can curse you out at the drop of a hat. And I haven't told the house parents here yet because I haven't had a chance. But to me, and it sounds strange, but to me, when a child does things like that, count out a privilege. Count out a privilege because that means that these children begin to feel comfortable with you. Because otherwise, they, they'd probably be smacked or smacked or, or beaten or abused in some way. But we need to teach them how to be comfortable. How to be comfortable. Pineville is a great place. It's a great place. And, I, and before I came here, I actually called a couple of my friends who are executive director in other homes. I said, you know anything about Pineville Children's Home in Corinth, Mississippi? Yep, sure do. What do you know about it? It's a great program. Great program. Been in existence since 1971. So it's got longevity. It's a good place. Then they asked, they said, are you going there? And I said, yeah, maybe. They said, oh, it won't be good after that. Just kidding. But you have to love what you do. You have to love children. Because if not, and it's what one of my instructors when I was at the Memphis School of Preaching, what he told me, he said, he said, if you can do anything else other than preach, he said, and you want to do it, he said, you better do it. He said, if you don't want to be in the pulpit, he said, don't be in the pulpit. He said, you'll do more damage than you will good. And to me, that's the same thing in, in house parenting and working at a children's home. If you can do anything else other than work at a children's home, you better do it. Because these children need everything we have. And with folks like you supporting us, we know we can make a difference. Any questions so far? Any questions or comments? Man, y'all, you're a tough crowd. Um, the thing is... Oh. Currently, we have seven children. We have seven children. We are renovating one of the cottages. Um, and so when that is done, we're going to move the girls' house. We're going to move them into that newly renovated cottage. They're, we're going to renovate the girls' cottage. And then after that's done, then we're going to move them back to their cottage. Because behind their cottage is where the barn is and where the, the uh, goats and the donkeys are and... Charles just loves playing with the goats and the donkeys. I think you love it, don't you? 
but he want, they want to move back there. Uh, and so after those two renovations are done, um, you know, hopefully we can find some new, some other house parents, some more house parents and open up that, that third cottage. Uh, and I know the board a couple weeks ago, um, said that they would love to build a fourth cottage eventually on that campus because we, we have to, we have to, there's a need, there's a need for Pineville. There are, there's a need for children's homes. The homes that I've worked for before, and I know Pineville used to do this, they'd work with the state and they'd take state children. Well, there's a lot of, shall I say, and I don't mean this in any way, shape, or form to be negative or anything, but there, when you work with the state, when you work with the Department of Child Services, there's a lot of purse strings attached. One of the, one of the things, there is a new um, legislation coming down. I, I'm not sure where Mississippi is in this, but the Family First Act. One of the things when I was at Schultz Lewis, the state said you cannot take the children to services. You have to ask them every Sunday if they want to go. We're like, but we're faith-based. This is what we're based off of. And it's the same way here at Pine, with Pineville. We're faith-based. We want to teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Taking private placements, they know straight out of the gate that we're faith-based. And one of our things is we're going to take the children to services when the doors are open. Hopefully take them to Bible camp. You guys do Lads the Leaders. It's a great program. Great program. Because the children need that foundation. Because if they don't have that, fa that solid foundation on which to grow, what do they have? You think about Matthew chapter 7. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. Why not give the children that come to Pineville, why not give them that rock to build their house upon? So we have seven children right now, currently with the two homes. We can take up to 12, and then if we open that third home eventually, we can take to 18. And then so on and so on. It seems as though, and it's everywhere that I've been, but it seems as six is the magic number. You put more kids than six in there, the house parent, the house parents say there's just there's no continuity, there's no it's it's difficult. So six seems to be that magic number. And that's the way that we're building the homes, is that there are six rooms. There are gonna be six individual bedrooms. 
in each of the homes. So, is there going to be a bell or anything? When... Oh, look at that. I've got another 44 hours. Great. All right. But the more kids that we can help, the more we're going to need your help. We're going to need your help. Because this is, this is an important work. You know, we, we all support, and I, again, I don't take anything away from them, but we'll, we'll give deep into our pockets to support missionary works in foreign fields. And that's great. That's great. I've known a lot of missionaries over my time. And it's needed. But why not begin with a mission right in our own backyard? These children need your help. These children need your help. Acceptance. Truly acceptance. They, they need to know that they're not any different than any, anyone else. Yes, they may have some difficult issues that they're dealing with. But they still need acceptance. I think all of us probably could look back at our lives and say, you know, there's probably something we've done in our lives. I don't know how many, how often or whatever that, you know, obviously that God shook his head at. But yet, we've obeyed the gospel. So, as far as that goes, barring the money, children just need acceptance. They need to know that the life that they're living, that it can get better. It can get better. And they need to know that they're not the only ones out there that are going through difficult times. So, thank you. Because we, I think we would all agree, this world's difficult. Even on a good day, it's difficult. Imagine having a not-so-good day every day. A not-so-good day every day. Imagine waking up wondering, where's my next meal going to come from? Miss Sherry, I, I'm sure you've, you've had this before. When kids eat breakfast, their first question, their next question is, what's for lunch? What's for dinner? You're like, just, just get through breakfast. Just get through. I've heard kids say that. They're in the middle of eating breakfast. What's for lunch? You're like, just slow down. You will have lunch, I promise you. You will have dinner, I promise you. And that's the great thing, too, is on the campus, there's the pantry that's well-stocked, again, because of folks like you. That these, these house parents can go and they can get stuff out of the pantry. I don't know if you've done this before, and I'm looking at Miss Sherry to see if, if she'll shake her head yes or no. 
Occasionally, do you take the children into the pantry with you? Sometimes. Sometimes it's great for them to see the pantry, to see, hey, there is food for you. We've got, we've got plenty of food for you. So that they know. I know where my next meal is coming from. You know, I, I know that I have a bed that I can sleep in tonight. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. And we have a website. Um, one of the things that I want to do on our website is revamp it a little bit. But when you've been in existence since, since like Pineville, since 1971, a lot of times you get a lot of people that know about Pineville. Um, you get a lot of people that, that have children and their, their children need help. And they were residents here years ago. Um, but the congregations in this area, I would say in the tri-state area, in Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee, there's a lot of congregations that, that know about you guys. Um, I've, I've talked to a lot of my friends, like I said, a lot of my preaching friends when I was thinking about moving here. And I'm like... I may be moving to Pineville and Corinth. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. We support you guys. Great. Great. Support us even more. So a lot of those, a lot of the, the churches, and then a lot of the people that attend those congregations, they have friends that their children need help. So it's, it's word of mouth, and it's just years of, of good work that Pinevale's done over the years. You mean as far as a, a child goes? There are, and pardon me for speaking this, but I, I am, a, like I said, I am a therapist by trade. There are some uh, diagnoses that are great and they will fit what we need. Oppositional defiant disorder, uh, bipolar disorder, um, ADHD or some of the, the diagnosis that we can deal with. And then there are some diagnoses that will just, if I see those diagnoses, it kind of sends up a red flag for me. Um, and those are the more severe diagnosis. Uh, personality, personality disorders and different things like that that Pineville just is not set up for. But we, we, we do it really on a on a case by case basis, uh, or a child by child basis, um, because I've learned over the years that sometimes you can read a child on paper, and it, they just you're thinking, I'm not sure who this child is, but this child would not fit in with our program. But then you go and you you interview that child in person, and you're like, oh, this child's nothing like it is on paper. Then you interview the child. And they look great on paper, and you interview the child, and you're like, oh, no, there's two different. So it really, it's on a case-by-case -case basis, and it just depends on the diagnosis. So, you know, and, but that's the thing is we, we need to realize 
We'd love to help every kid that, that calls us. But we know that there are some children that are just beyond our scope of care, what we can handle. Um, and those are children that, you know, I will refer out to another program or something of that nature. But, uh, but we do, we pray, even, even the ones we don't take, we will pray for them because they need, all these children need our prayers. So, is it time? It is time. Two minutes. Two minute warning. Um, you know, it, it's it's great to be here. I was here Wednesday night. Uh, just came in, just wanted to see what the congregation was like and wanted to see where I was going. Uh, but you are a friendly group of folks. I didn't, I don't think I got ten feet in the front door, and somebody greeted me, said, "Hello, great to have you here." And are you new to the area? I am. I am. Um, but just keep that up. Just keep being friendly. Keep being friendly and, and keep supporting Pineville. Um, if you ever want to come, come out. Um, the cottage that is being renovated now should be done sometime in January. Um, and so once that, once that is, um, I will let uh, the elders know and, and, and things. I'd love to have you guys come out and, and see the new, see what we've done with the home after the renovations. And anytime you guys want to stop by, um, please do so. Please do so. If I'm in my office, uh, my office is typically open. If you just come by and say, I just would love to Love to take a tour. If you've never been to Pineville, I'd love to give you a tour. I'd love to answer any questions that you have. Because I fully believe in the work. I believe in our house parents. I believe in our children. I believe in the mission of Pineville. Because it's just an absolutely wonderful work. And I hope, and I know that Tommy was the director for many years. I hope I can grow what and build upon what what he has done and what the other directors have done. Um, I will never say that I have all the answers. I don't. Because I've always noticed, if I say that I have all the answers, then God begins to laugh and said, I've got something in store for you. I've always heard, you want God to laugh? Tell him your plans and it'll change. So, but I believe that God has provided a way for me to be here. And I know my wife and I are just, we're pleased to be here because we believe in the work of working with children. So, thank you. Thank you, John, for being here tonight and uh, bringing us up to date of, of the good things that are going on at Pineville Children's Home. 
If you have not had the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper, uh, you can pass to the little chapel this time. Someone will be there to take care of that. Let's close our time together in prayer. Our Father, thank you for all of the things that you do for, for us. And Father, thank you for Pineville Children's Home. Thank you for John and his wife for being there now. For the house parents, for, for the office staff, for Ms. Sheila, and all of the folks that are involved every day in the operation of Pineville. Be with them. Allow us to be part of that work by helping to support them. These things we ask through Jesus' name. Amen.